Welcome to Nude, where we strip back the layers of cultural conditioning, taboos and shame around sex, intimacy and relationships. I am so excited to share with you some of the knowledge and wisdom I've gained as a self-development enthusiast, exotic dancer, mother, dominatrix and polyamorous lover. If you're open-minded and ready to hear some real juicy and vulnerable conversations with some epic and fascinating people, then stay tuned and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Nude. Today I am here with a very darling friend of mine, Sarah, and we're going to talk about embodiment. And I'm very excited to discuss this topic today because it's been quite a challenging journey for me from living very much in my mind uh, and very much from my masculine to transitioning from that into embodying the feminine and flow and getting in touch with my emotions. So, but I've always seen you, Sarah, as someone that's really embodied and probably one of the most embodied people I know. And so I think I wanted to get you on the podcast and let's just have a a good old chat about what that's like for you. You, you know, you've studied embodiment through dance, through yoga, through sexuality, mm. uh, as have I as well. Um, and so I thought we'd, let's just open a discussion and see where it goes. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so when we were talking the other day, you said how, you know, you started dancing really young. Yeah. So embodiment, you, did you feel then that, you were in touch with not just, you know, your body in movement, but also bringing your emotions into it? Yep. Um, I remember the first time I had that connection was when I was five. And I was um, had just started ballet, mm-hmm. which is a very feminine form, as we know, and it's quite structured as well. And I remember I've got a memory at the end of class doing a curtsy, like we had to curtsy and bow to the teacher. And it was such a simple act. But within that act, I felt, inside my body, I felt devotion. Mm. I felt the possibility of a connection through something physical to something otherworldly or reverent or something that connected my body with a meaning. Mm. And I've got that memory in my head. Even though I did heaps of ballet, that one sort of sticks. And I think from that, that point onwards, I decided I wanted to dance. Mm. And my mother took me to gymnastics once And apparently I walked in and I just freaked out There was <laughs> girls tumbling and doing all sorts of things And I think I felt overwhelmed Whereas in ballet I had a, a structure, I loved the music And there was an imagination Embodiment has come through imagination And at dance school I got a really good chance to open up that imaginary sense And embodied sense in, in, in myself Mm. And that just created a portal, I think, for a new way of visioning my body Mm. and the consistent discipline of every day going to dance school and all the training. It just opens you. Mm. Yeah, into a deep journey. How long did you do that? Because you you went on to dance professionally, and how long was that journey for you? So I think when I was was it twenty years old, I went to Wellington Performing Arts School for a year, Mm -hmm. and then I went to Unitech for two years, and that was like really intensive training. And that was when contemporary dance was moving from more like a modern style where it was more the physicality of anatomy and moving to this other embodied visionary um, 
connecting mind and body together Mm -hmm. realm and that was quite new back then and we had some great teachers that was before all the funding cuts came through for institutions so we had the creme de la creme of of really good teachers Mm. and I'm so thankful for that Mm. Um, and then I went on to dance and through that process came across choreographers that were really into embodiment as well Mm -hmm. and then did lots of courses on it and lots of Mm. somatics so somatics being the study of cells and how cells work in the body and the imagination with those cells mm. so that was two uh, two years at dance school and then danced a lot for many years and then I did my master's in creative and performing arts majoring in dance and that's when I really went into the realm of improvisation mm. so my master's was about improvisation being in my body responding to the environment responding to what was happening inside and being in a state of um, porousness so mm. things could come and affect me and then after that was kind of like the sexuality journey. Mm. Yeah, so all sort of tied into this river that I really never knew where it was going, but it was improvisation. Mm. It was being in the studio and listening that mm. opened that to me. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so interesting because I, I wondered if maybe, you know, such rigorous dance training mm. might take you out of your body in mm. a way and kind of put it into this more masculine mm. um like goal orientated you know how like at the gym and even in some areas of dance it can it can be very like goal orientated whereas yeah Mm. the the type of dance you've done it sounds like there's so much space for for yeah like you said being porous and letting things come in and influence and yeah affect you yeah we we had both so there was still the rigor of like you're going to come out as a contemporary dancer, you need to learn this technique and this technique and this technique. And Mm -hmm. that was really full on. It was intense. But I loved it because I was in my early 20s. I wanted to be trained, Mm, you know. I was really into physicality. So, And I loved a variety of things. Mm. But then beside this were these new trainings. One was called Skinner Releasing Technique. And that was invented by Joan Skinner in the 1960s, who was a ballerina. Mm-hmm. And then through her injuries, she started to like be, like, how can I imagine my body and map it to nature, mm. map it to anatomical features and ways that we can connect the body and the mind to do the same thing physically, but with a different route to get there. Mm. Yeah. So, and, so some students went really down the technical route. Some mm-hmm. students went down the choreography route and some students went down the more somatic, imaginative route. Mm-hmm. So within that training, we each found our niche. Mm. And you can see that, you know, some people really went on to do amazing choreography, mm-hmm. very technical, but others were like, nah, I want to see how things affect me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think being a sensitive child, like I was a super sensitive kid. Mm. Everything affected me, empathic and all that stuff. So that had a big bearing on how my dance training shaped up, but I didn't really realise it at the time. How would you actually define embodiment? Because Mm. for me personally, having very much come from the opposite extreme of living so much in my mind for so Mm. long, it took many years for me to even understand and feel inside my body what embodiment was. So how would you explain embodiment to someone Mm. that's kind of maybe doesn't know what that means. Yeah, really good question. I mean, I'm sure there's a technical definition of it. There always is. But for me, I guess embodiment means listening 
and following the impulses of what you feel in your body. So you have to slow down. You have to slow down. Mm. And it's more than, you know, I think people go, oh, if I just go to yoga and I breathe and all these things, it's that's great. But if you want to live your life as an embodied person, then you must stop listening to outside cues. Mm. You must start listening to all the things that happen inside your blood system, mm. your skeletal system, your reproductive system, the way your toe feels when you move it minusculely. It means being attentive to the smallest of details and developing your mind's sensitivity to be able to access those points. Mm. Breathing is a great way to do it. For me, I feel I had a an easy inroad being a sensitive child. I was always that way. So it didn't feel foreign to me. It mm-hmm. felt quite homely. It felt like a relief. Because mm. I was always sensing and feeling so much from the outside. Actually to return inside and to view through dance training, I guess that was the portal to be able to view so many different systems working to create this vessel mm. and mm. what this vessel could do and using imaginary tools to make my body move. Like when we're doing choreography, um, particularly improvisational work, you might have to embody, for instance, a flaming head with a withered charcoal body with <laughs> with blue coming out your toes. <laughs> And yeah. do that for an hour. Oh, wow. And the transformation <laughs> that happens. Yeah. So that's what I got interested in was in the artistic transformation of the body. Mm. It just blew my mind. Mm. You know, I mean, we in drugs, obviously, and dance parties and all these things that many of us who listen and are interested in, the, in this world will have experienced. We have glimmers of that, mm. you know, but to take that into a realm and to be creative with it in an artistic sense, mm. brings a whole nother world of richness mm. that is like, yeah. So I guess <laughs> for me, being an embodied person is being in touch with the nuances and the subtleties yeah. and then living in accordance to what you feel. And intuition, I would say, is a big part of that, mm. which is something I'm interested in. Intuition, yes. feminine cycles, menstruation, yes. all these things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I was going to ask as well is – you know, for me, uh, a huge part of why I value being embodied and connecting in with those nuances and subtleties inside my body is for like genuine healing mm. of uh, pain or physical ailments. I've found that since I've been able to connect in with my emotions properly mm. and feel them fully all the way through and move them, that that I don't have painful periods now, for instance. I essentially cured my menstrual cramps by understanding mm. what energy inside me needs to move and how. And I find now if I manage myself really well mm. through the beginning of my cycle, I will not have cramps. And if I am embodied, basically, if I'm embodied for the first kind of two half of my cycle, then yeah, I will bleed and it will actually be a beautiful experience. And mm. it was that was a huge wake-up call for me. I was like, wow, being embodied is it's actually essential for self-healing. 
And that was really huge for me. I was like, whoa. What do you think are some of the other benefits that we gain from, you know, living from our bodies, from being able to get into our bodies and and tune into those subtleties? Mm. Yeah, I'm just going to talk from a feminine perspective Mm -hmm. because I could could generalize to, to people, but I guess I want to bring it back to the recalibration and the reclamation of the feminine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I lost my period for a long time as well, quite mm. a few years. So I went from having quite painful cycles, you know, normalish, to when it stopped. Um, I know you've you've spoken on the last podcast with Anahita about, oh, I can do anything now. You know, I'm mm. not cycling. Mm-hmm. There's no yes. sense of need to stop. There's no sense of need to rest. Mm-hmm. I can keep going. And I experienced that and it was um, it was heartbreaking. Mm. I felt dry. Mm. I felt um, that you can keep going. Mm-hmm. So when my cycles came back, wow, I cried. I wanted to hold mm. a party. Mm. It was so great. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. And through that process, realizing that one must rest, mm. otherwise the next two weeks aren't going to be very fruitful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't stop in that time and actually pause and be in the garden, be in the, the truth of yourself, mm. then you're going to have a shit couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to your question, what are the benefits because some people, I I personally know some people, women, mm. who do not – well, first of all, they, they often don't have a cycle because they're on birth control mm. and also don't um, express or really feel emotion. It's an mm. immediate – to dis, they distract themselves immediately. Yeah. And, that, and I understand that and empathize because that – is largely what I was like. I, I would still feel emotion and still cry, but yeah. I really had this ability to just repress, distract, and keep going. Yeah. And that was my pattern yeah. for most of my younger life. And I feel like, yeah, I was raised that way in a sense. My my mom was so strong and so uh, productive. <laughs> And she was very much had this attitude of like, it's okay to feel sad, but we don't wallow in it and we get up and we get on with it. it. (laughs) And, you know, that's great because in many ways it it made me strong and it Mm. made me able to get on with it. But, yeah, in my later life I've realised the value of of being embodied and, and I just want to yell it to everyone. I just want to tell everyone how amazing it is to connect in with these Mm. subtleties in our body and Mm. all the benefits. Mm. Healing is one of them, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. From your last podcast, I really got that piece around. It it makes me a little angry that my generation, you know, my mum's generation, your mum's generation, same thing. You just continue carry on. That's how Mm. I was taught as Mm. well. And that actually drove me through dance school. Mm. Like, Yes, there was this driving yeah. quality, goals, woohoo, it was great. But I think when my periods came back, that's when I realized, oh my God, there's this whole other realm here mm. of dropping into the feminine cycle, which is actually how the world works. Yes. And there was this cognitive dissonance between this is what I've always been taught, mm-hmm. and, but this has been my passion for improvisation and somatics and embodiment. I almost felt guilty. Mm. for having that but when I allow myself to go this is the way that actually the world works in the feminine yeah when you drop into the earth 
this is what everyone wants to be. It's in the natural rhythms of life. Mm-hmm. But won't we miss out on something as a woman? Mm-hmm. Won't you miss out on that job? Won't you can't you can't get involved in the masculine world? But then I was like, no. <laughs> what has yeah. you just go no? Yeah. Fuck no. I don't want to do that. I want to live in a world where my body feels good yeah. and easeful. Absolutely. Because then my life is going to feel much better exactly. and easeful. And it might not look like the productivity of what you people are doing, but come on, we're all changing back mm-hmm. to that now. Mm-hmm. All the earth-based principles, shamanism, yep. all mm-hmm. the the spiritual principles, mushrooms, yeah. psychedelics. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. Come back to your body mm-hmm. and feel and drop into the earth. Mm-hmm. And we're just lucky we happen to be in a female body. Yeah. So we're closer to it. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? it? And and we, I think we suffer more for not being aligned with, with the totally. natural rhythms of our body yeah. because we have such a physical manifestation of that in a menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I know now, for instance, like just this last bleed that I had, I – for whatever reason, I convinced myself that I could not rest during mm. this time and, mm. and I actually had to keep going yeah. and I suffered for it. Like I really did. Mm. I was so stressed and angry mm. and frustrated and and I knew what I was doing to myself and I'm like, wow, you know, this is really interesting to see how because before that I was giving my spouse, myself that space and yeah. now this last bleed I really didn't and I'm like, wow, you know. Yeah. This is this type of resistance to the natural cycles mm. really creates a lot of discomfort and, frankly, suffering. It kind of for creates us. havoc, eh? Yeah, havoc. It was. It was. It was quite yeah. chaotic. Yeah. And I'm not normally very chaotic during my bleed. I'm actually quite calm. Yeah, I heard you say that last yeah. time. Yeah, so you're real chill out. Kind yeah, of yeah. Because I actually feel most embodied <clears throat> when I allow it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so for many years I wouldn't allow the embodiment I would stay in my head and keep pushing through but now because I really allow myself to feel into to that time I actually feel very calm and really in my body and very close to earth and quite meditative and it almost feels pleasurable at times there's almost this like beautiful vibration happening in my womb and it feels nice like you're so like you're receiving the pulse of the earth. Yeah, like the pulse of your womb is with the pulse of the earth. Yeah, and that's how we're supposed to be. <sighs> like, how <sighs> can we as women keep worshiping the feminine and all these deities or all the images that we like and all that mm. stuff if we don't actually live it yes. thoroughly? Yeah, and you know, I'm not a mum, so I don't have to look after a child mm. and have that take me out. Mm. But what I'm seeing with people like yourself. And other women who do have children who, it's just like, well, that's all part of the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I still think as parents, I do only have one child and I'm sure with more than one, it could be quite chaotic and challenging at times. But I do really feel like we can bring our children into our cycles and they can learn. Like my son Mm. is only uh, six Mm. and he now can tell when I'm on my moon time and he'll say, oh, mum, I think you're on your moon time now because you seem different, you know. Like it's so interesting. Yeah, like he he's already learning my cycles Mm. and learning to – um, adapt and and be a little different with me during those times and like beautiful yeah I'm and a sh- son who has insured his, has insured his mother's process mm. 
at a very young age is going to grow up to be a teenager who respects women, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who the first time that they want to make love to a woman, it will be a different process. Mm. They will know her and they will understand a woman from the base. Mm. And that, like, that to me is so important for mm. men. We don't have the initiatory roles anymore no. when we were older women initiating younger men. Unfortunately, that's gone. Mm. That was temple time. Older women initiating younger women. Yeah, yeah. I, initiating younger boys. Younger boys. Oh, I see. Yeah. Training younger boys. Oh, yeah. How to, how to pleasure and be with women and what, mm-hmm. what women are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and they need it. <laughs> they need it. So you're showing that role model, and that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, one thing I did really want to bring to this that I thought about quite deeply before I came on is the power of our intuition and our mm, embodiment. Yes. That, how can we be intuitive if we're not in our bodies? If we're not listening, yeah, exactly. then we don't know what it, to do. It comes from the body, it right? The intuition the comes from comes from our womb space. It comes from our gut, from our pussy, like yeah. – yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah, speak on it. Speak on it. Go. On it. <laughs> uh, well, it just is. It's like the fundamental nature of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people think they need to strip away layers in order to get that, but you really don't. Mm. You just need to begin where you are, which is feeling and sensing your environment. Mm-hmm. I remember when I moved from Auckland to here, it was really a painful transition. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm going to sit in meditation and I'm going to feel into staying in Auckland. What sensations come up in my body? Mm. And it was like a lot of mental um, awakeness and kind of like um, activation. Mm-hmm. But my body felt it felt metallic and sporadic and mm. and and short bursts of energy and electric mm-hmm. and then I felt into being in the mount and I did this over two weeks every day I sat when I sat and felt into the mount it was like spaciousness oh mm. I feel bush feel calm mm. that's a bit scary because I've lived in Auckland for 25 years mm-hmm. yep fuck feels a bit barren, but just because it was distant and there was space. Mm -hmm. So I made my decision, even though my mind was telling me, you should stay in Auckland, all your Mm. friends are here, your creative world is here. Something pushed me to come to the Mount. Mm -hmm. And that to me was a lesson in following the impulses that my body said, even though it seemed almost counter- Intuitive to my mind, but my body was like, do it. And I think that's the the wisdom of the body offers that. Do that. Mm. Do that. Absolutely. Say that. I did not (laughs) understand that until like maybe the last four years or so. Mm. I actually didn't understand what intuition was. I didn't understand what that felt like in my body. I didn't, Mm. I really didn't. Like I had just lived so strongly from the mind and it's not a terrible thing, but it did create a lot of disconnection and I think a lot of a lot of confusion as well and self-doubt. And reconnecting in with my intuition, 
it takes practice, right? Because you have to take risks. That's what it feels like at the start. Because I know, because it's quite recent to me that, mm. you know, when I really started tapping into my intuition, it's like I get a strong feeling and, and, I, and I know what that feeling is telling me to do. I do it, but I don't fully trust it. I'm like, this is not right. And then it works out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I try it again with something else. Or then another feeling comes up and I make a pretty big decision. And you just get on a roll after a while. And it feels so empowering to not have to look elsewhere for answers all the time. And to just feel into your body and your body says this is what you got to do and it's like cool (laughs) and initially when you know if you're just starting out I imagine you know you might read it wrong and you probably always will at some point read it wrong but yeah with practice it's amazing how freeing it is just to feel in oh yep that's what my body says that's what we're doing and then when you go against it when you've been doing it for a while then you go against Mm -hmm. it what that's like Mm -hmm. oh shit yeah. I went against it and look at the chaos that yes, ensued. Exactly. <laughs> and that still happens to me quite regularly, you know, even yeah. in small things. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll feel what my intuition says and I'll do the opposite mm-hmm. for whatever pre programmed reason mm. I think I should be. You know, mm-hmm. my body says I should say something mm. and I don't. And then mm-hmm. it creates more issue later yes. in, in the discussion or in the relationship. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Like helping support people and women particularly because I can speak from that Mm. to live more intuitively I think is really important work and And that ties back to having an embodied practice for Mm -hmm. a woman I mean my gateway to that has been dance and I can't see any other gateway that would have served me Mm -hmm. so well because particularly with improvised movement you are following the rhythms you're following the flow and the the pattern Mm. that your body naturally will arise to when it listens to music or without mm-hmm. music in response to a tree or mm-hmm. the sea or whatever it is. And then you can ride that wave to the end of that point, transcend it, grow into something new, and that is the essence of the feminine is going all mm, the way through with all emotion. All the way through. Feel all the way through, all the way through. Yes. So it taught me the value of going all the way through, which mm. is not the masculine framework. Yes. The masculine arises through consciousness. Yeah. Connects to consciousness to go through. Women go through in their bodies right to the fucking end because mm. we produce babies. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to do it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I do believe that men can cut that process off or shame that process in a woman, Mm. particularly Mm -hmm. around anger and grief. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we need to express anger and grief all the way through in Mm -hmm. order to transcend it into bliss, acceptance, love, unconditional love, Mm -hmm. acceptance, joy, and rapture and love for them as the masculine. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I think it's changing, but there's still a portion of the masculine that doesn't want to feel the fullness of that feminine Mm -hmm. because it challenges their ideals of what a woman is. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's not the big fuckable one all the time mm-hmm. or the lovely mother. Always pretty. She, she's not always pretty. She's yeah. fucking messy and raw Wild. and disgusting yeah. right now. And she sees you and all your yeah. shit. Yeah. But she will hold you in that. So you've got to let her do this part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really tricky mm-hmm. in our society right now. 100%. I feel like... For me, what first had to happen for me to manifest a partner and support and help him 
help me, mm-hmm. <laughs> help him know mm-hmm. how to hold me, mm-hmm. my masculine had to learn how to hold my feminine in that. Yeah. So definitely uh, my first ISTA training was where I really became fully embodied for moments in time or for even hours at a time, mm. fully embodied and expressed from a very, very deep place that I didn't know existed and I didn't know I could be in such flowing, raging emotion mm. so wildly. Mm. And it wasn't until I did that and recognized that although I was completely um, expressing wildly, I was in the middle of the, of a circle with people yeah. all around watching me, breathing yeah. with me, yeah. feeling me, yeah. um, that I realized that I could, I can let go that much and my masculine can hold it. My inner masculine can actually hold my feminine and allow her to rage and my consciousness is still there. Mm-hmm. My consciousness is completely still there, mm-hmm. holding the space. Yep. Allow, and when I when I want to stop, I can. Yep. And I think this is something that I've felt from men is because they also haven't uh, tapped into this ability in yep. themselves to embody and feel all the way through. They're f- very scared when women do it. Um, because they you know it's it's new to them maybe or when they have they haven't held themselves so maybe they've done some damage maybe they hurt someone Mm. maybe they raged so much that you know like something bad happened yeah and I think that can happen a lot like I know with my son for instance that it's been a process of helping him rage in a way that doesn't harm him or anyone else. Mm. And that's actually taken years, mm-hmm. years of parenting consistently to help him learn how to express his emotions without hurting anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think yeah. definitely what can happen, and this is for men and women, but it works differently, I think. What happens is that, yeah, men shut down that area because they're like, oh, no, uh, there's no safe way for me to, to for me to express. Yeah. So if you express in front yeah. of them, they don't know what to do with it. The world's gonna fucking go chaos, and they're just confused <laughs> and like, what what's happening to you? Are you okay? Like, have you gone psycho? <laughs> there's that there's that hangover from I don't know what fucking century it was, but around the hysterical woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're still living through the history and oh, yes. the like purging of yeah. that because that was extremely strong in how women were conceptualized by men and treated mm-hmm. in the medical profession yes. in every realm so unless a man is fully willing to embody his feminine mm-hmm. and feel that part of him that is like creative wild and free mm. and messy mm. There's no way his masculine can rise up to support her Mm -hmm. to do that. So I have the same experience. I know how to hold my masculine. My masculine is there for me. Mm -hmm. He is looking on. He is holding her and she is going crazy. But I can come back to that Mm -hmm. part of myself and stop it at any point. So I'm in my center. I think men have a misconception that we go crazy. And we we're all completely we're, we're out, out of control. control. Yeah. There's no fucking stopping this one. She's going to do this and that. And it's like, actually, no, I am I know where I am. Yeah, but exactly. This is the point, is to push all through the, way the through. new transformation. Yes. So it's something new can occur because if, it do, if, if we don't go to that end, if mm-hmm. we don't express in that way, nothing's going to change. Yes, exactly. Can you not see that? Yeah. So that's like 
this mind game between women and men, I feel that happens, that it kind of stifles the fullness yes. of both our potentialities. Yes, yeah. You know, and these ISTA trainings, these other trainings around sexuality are pivotal in allowing men mm-hmm. the space to see women in their fullness yes. and to see it all the way to the end mm-hmm. and to know that new growth emerge from mm. it, not chaos. Not chaos, endless chaos. Not endless R- chaos. Yeah, exactly. How can we teach them that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, for instance, with David, uh, he – you know, because I've done the work on myself and because he's so willing to to learn and to mm. uh, grow with me, mm. I can very easily um, help him know how to support me yeah. and therefore he learns as well how to mm. express in that way. And we mm. both, you know, we, we, we both kind of help each other. Mm. So we first have to have our own inner relationship somewhat uh, you know, integrated, yeah. I guess, for us to be able to, and ideally men are doing the work too. Totally. <laughs> That's the thing. Totally. We've all got to be doing our own work to integrate yeah. our inner masculine and feminine. And it's so important. I think it's some of the most important work we can actually do. I think it's the most important yeah, work we can do on this planet. I really planet. do because, uh, you know, all all the harm that's being done to the planet comes from being, you know, really left brain, yeah. so left brain, so disconnected from our spirituality, so much in mind yeah. that we don't feel what we're doing to ourselves and exactly. to the planet and to the world and exactly. to women and to each other. Yeah. And, you know, and then, of course, if we're completely in the right brain, we're so in our flow and feminine we we don't get anything There's done no and containment we're, right yeah yeah and then we can also fall into kind of victim yeah all the time where everything is just being done to us and we yeah. have no power so yeah. yeah like integrating this is i think just hugely hugely important and it happens through embodiment it happens through embodiment yeah everyone has to find their own inner masculine and yeah. feminine and introduce them to each other yeah and what a wild it's such a beautiful ride it's such a cool it? journey it's yeah. a, it's amazing like i love it so much and i want to bring as many people with me on it as mm. possible because the yeah the the empowerment mm. that comes with integrating this and with seeing the different parts of you playing out and yeah it's it's amazing and definitely ista was one of the first places where i really really got it yeah and then from that point on it's just been building and building and getting better so what all the was time. it about ista that helped you to see or introduce you to mm-hmm. your feminine yeah i ista it was the full permission to feel everything mm. fully mm-hmm. whenever you need to mm. and being given the tools to express it. Yeah. And having those having the example of that play out around me constantly. That's so right. all yeah. through the training, I think it's about 7 days almost. Mm. Uh, there are people releasing their emotions whatever they may be around you all the time. Mm. You're just hearing people wailing, crying, mm you know moving emotion dancing maybe like bashing some pillows like actually this to, to create a container of full permission to feel i realized i've never done that for myself yeah. and i don't know if anyone's done it for me either in mm. in such a way that it's done there mm. and 
And yeah, and seeing other people do it gives you permission, right? right. We, we're monkey see, monkey do. That's just how we are. Uh, And that was, yeah, it was really pivotal for me in in connecting in and and when we sit in circle every morning we were encouraged to only get up and come into the circle when our hearts beating fast and we're That's feeling right. something in our body and that only happened to me once and I got in the circle and I've never ever released emotion like that in front of a group of people that was mm. so vulnerable for mm-hmm. me and I just let loose yeah and I was in such an embodied state. Yeah. My whole body was vibrating. I don't know really what was coming out of my mouth. It was a whole lot of stuff about my blood and about women and shame and anger and all the stuff. And yeah. the whole room was just breathing with me, crying with me. Like it was life-changing to feel that not only embodiment and connection in myself but in everyone around me. Totally. And that, yeah, that was very – yeah, that was huge for me. And I have since always tried to get back to spaces like that and create yeah. spaces like that and, you know, mm. get all my friends there. Yeah, get all friends there. <laughs> it's something around the, the witnessing, hey? Yes. Be, being witnessed in that and held in that is hugely um, supportive because you realise your humanity. Yes. And it's like we can all do this together. Yeah, we're all the same in the end in that way. We all have this full spectrum of emotions that we do feel at some point in our life. And the more freedom we have to feel and express those and be held in expressing them, just it's frankly fucking more efficient. It's a more efficient way to live through life because you feel things fully all the way to the end and then, like you say, you you transform it, there's something new and you move on. That's right. And life just (laughs) – actually, it it, it satisfies my masculine, which is obsessed with being efficient all the time. (laughs) It really satisfies that for me because I'm like, this is a really efficient way to live. And there's you know? a beautiful kind of reward in it. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. We all get to go together to this to this new way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that was that was definitely uh, amazing for me. Uh, I want to ask about how this affects your sexuality and your mm-hmm. sex life and how you've brought that in. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge topic. Um, again, being embodied – has allowed me to drop a lot of shame, mm. a lot of shame and a lot of like tightness and stuckness from early sexual experiences. I remember I had this one, well, I think I was like 15 and I really liked this boy and we got drunk and he just suddenly, we're outside a house mm-hmm. and he pushed me against a wall and I just remember it being so hard, mm. pushed me against the wall, put his fingers inside me. And it was like I had no idea what was going on. Mm. I remember a hardness happening. Was this supposed to be pleasurable? I like this boy. Mm. So this confusion of emotions around the heart, around my pussy being like, what the fuck is happening? Mm. But he likes me, mm. you know, so mm-hmm. shouldn't I enjoy this? And I think those sorts of experiences – Formatively for a young person, there'll be millions of those stories around the oh, world yeah. to various greater and lesser degrees. And what trainings like ISTA and embodiment programs have done for me is bring me back to the purity and innocence mm. and also the dearmoring of all that shit mm. through all the cool stuff that we can do with those tools and techniques mm-hmm. to um, rid ourselves of what wasn't good and healthy for our bodies, mm. what was painful 
intergenerationally from our karmic family of Mm -hmm. origin, our ancestral family as well as now, and be in the essence of pleasure, Mm. the purity of pleasure. Yes. With no shame or guilt. And then the goddess arises and then she's driving the show and then it's just a better time for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's where sexual alchemy can happen. Yes. So I feel really grateful of all those experiences that I went through. I um. I did sex work for a while, mm-hmm. and the, the, that's actually what drew me into ISTA, was mm. when I finished, was I knew I needed healing, and, and those those people from ISTA just happened to come into town, mm-hmm. and I listened to a little talk, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I think I need some healing. <laughs> there was quite a lot of shit that went on that I had to say yes to that mm. things had an impact on me. So, yes, I was the loudest screamer in the room yeah. in Ista because yeah. she had so much to express mm. from having to say yes in a body that had to say yes for a job mm-hmm. and then realising the cellular impact of every decision of every person of every imprint and I was already pretty embodied in my dance practice so I had ways to unlink when I went home I had ways Mm. but what my pussy had taken on in her cellular structure yeah was something that was frightening Mm. to um to meet Mm. but in the safe container of those trainings, you can meet it mm. with presence and you can feel it and go through it. Yep. And for anyone that's experienced sexual abuse, trauma in their, in their childhood or wherever they have in their life, it's imperative. I was saying to a friend the other day, I was saying the, the benefits of yoni massage. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just like any other part of our body. We, we Now in this world, we attend to our mental health. We attend to our physical, uh, my shoulder sore or whatever. Our genitals are exactly the same. Yep. They, they require healing. And thank God there are practitioners and, and trainings that, that can now offer that. Yeah. That, that weren't there, I don't yep. know, 10 years ago in New Zealand or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to get amongst it. If you've got trauma, right. deal to it. Yeah. And yeah, I I honestly feel like embodiment practices are the way to go because Mm. there's only so much you can actually process and heal in the mind. And yeah, most of my real healing has come from embodiment practices. Mm -hmm. That's where the the big steps and growth and change has happened. Mm. And yeah, just some, some of the things that you do, some of the rituals and practices around yoni massage and you know we did one in um, a training I did Magdalena Mm. and where you are you're basically just um, you're massaging someone and you start with the body and then you go to the yoni and the whole practice is purely about um, sending love Mm. sending love to every part of the body that you touch Mm. and it's not something that I think I think a lot of people don't even get to experience that. Mm. And like the, the sex that we're sometimes having, it's always about pleasing the other person or it's about orgasming mm. and not necessarily about healing. And like the power that we have to heal each other through touch and love and sexu- and sexuality and, yeah. and touch of the yoni, touch of the genitals. Yeah. 
Because like you say, you might go to a chiropractor for your shoulder or an osteopath for your spine or your back, but like what about your yoni? Whom- it's, the mo- it's, this, it's your seat of creation. Yeah, exactly. If you ignore her and ignore that in the masculine as well, then how can you be a fully mm. alive human being and know the power, you know, the power of a man to penetrate the world, the power of a man to lay his seed, the power of a man to manifest through his consciousness, the mm-hmm. power of a woman to fully feel everything mm. and to be in the the beauty of life mm. in all her different aspects mm. to be a creative portal for change. Yeah. This is where the the relevance I feel for us moving forward as a community of people, mm. you know, in this world that we're living in now with COVID and vax and anti-vax, all these horrible arguments that primarily are happening through the mind and what people think Mm. they should be doing from an indoctrinated place. 100%. Rather than what they're feeling inside. My personhood could respond very differently to the thought of a vaccine coming into my body Mm. than someone else's. I'm a sensitive being. Mm -hmm. I'm extremely sensitive. Anything coming from the outside affects me differently from people that are more like a little bit more rigid. Mm Mm-hmm. So all these decisions need to be taken case by case, person by person. I don't feel there's any hard and fast rule for anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You know that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So how, how would you encourage people to listen to that and follow that, to follow their own alignment, to hold the space of that, in relationship to other people who hold such strong opinions of the mind. Mm. This is a challenge. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think like a big piece is that we need to spend time where we're switching off all the external input Mm. to ourselves and we really get in touch with like with our bodies, with how we're feeling Mm. And it's a challenge for me too because I have lived so much from my mind and I and I still do and it's a regular reminding and a regular practice that I need to be to coming back into my body. Mm. But, yeah, uh, I feel like each of us has to go on our own inner journey. If we're not doing that because... Most people, are, I think, are largely not because we're in this rat race system of making money. We worship money over, you know, nature and life. Mm. So, yeah, I, I feel like get on the journey <laughs> yeah. of facing all your shadows yeah. and, yeah. yeah, That's that's the journey that I continue to, to be on and it's not like, it's 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 endless. <laughs> Those what shadows do you can... think? How can we how can we help how can we help, you know, people at the moment with like you say, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way, that, that everything that's happening with COVID and with vaccines, everyone's so in the mind mm. and so opinionated and myself included. How can we help people come back and mm. I think that having a regular practice yes a disciplined regular practice of movement and meditation yeah however that is for you for some people it's looking mm. at the ocean mm. you know for some people it's walking around the mountain contemplative practice mm-hmm. for some people it's sitting or for me you know it's a 
it's a combination and dance as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So, and it's a moment to moment thing, like staying in the day, staying in the present moment. So you're not rushing forward because it's so mm. easy. Part of the reason um, I don't want to have the vaccine in my body yet is because I don't know these effects that are then going to come out in years to come, looking back five years in the future or 10 years in the future. But that's taking me out of the present moment. Mm. So the present moment means that this is where I am. My body's saying no at mm. this present moment. I'm going to follow that thread mm. until another situation presents itself where my body will say something else. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I understand the vehemence of all these different opinions and I see both sides. Mm. Yet I think in New Zealand we're in a privileged position that we don't have to do anything right now, yeah. right in this particular moment. So that's that's what I follow. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, in the future, the, the fruits of that will, will come out positively or negatively. Who knows? Mm. But all I can do is be true to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's not easy, is it? It's not an easy walk, that no. one. But, you know, um, I puppies, – puppies over here having a cry. I'll let him out just a sec. Old Brucey boy. Yeah, it's it's strange times we're living in right now with everything that's happening, you know, COVID vaccine-wise. I personally am uh, – I just feel that all human beings should have the right to choose what happens to their bodies. If mm-hmm. we don't have that right, then we are not free. And I choose freedom. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a perfect example in time of the intersection between science and embodiment. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. science or particular um, reasoning around science can can really push the mind to make a certain decision that the body might be saying, actually, that doesn't really feel right for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know the, what I mean? Yeah, hugely. And that's individual for every body in the world. Mm-hmm. Who says we have to follow anything that the general population says is right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. You follow what feels right, and if you are connected with yourself, with your body, your body actually does know. And it will be in the best interest of everybody Mm -hmm. to follow those messages. And those messages are evolving. They're ever-adaptive. They can change. That's the beauty of being an embodied human being, is that you're adaptive, you're resilient, you're resourceful, because all the resources are already there within you. Mm Yeah, yeah. I guess one of the benefits of of people following a practice of whatever their embodiment is is that they will know their capacity to make decisions more clearer and follow that yeah. and have positive results. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, totally. And I think one yeah, what I see around me and how I lived for a long time is making decisions only from the mind. And when we do that, I think that we become much more susceptible to mind control and manipulation. Totally. Because we're not connected in with our with our own bodies. And I will say that many people I have spoken to who have chosen to vaccinate, for instance, said that they didn't want to. Mm. Something told them that they shouldn't, but they felt they had to. That mm-hmm. comes from the mind. Mm-hmm. That's the mind telling them that they have to do when their body's saying no and you know, I I know from experience that when you go against your intuition, it creates suffering. It creates problems for you in the future. Yeah. And yeah, I it's it it hurts to see people so with so much inner conflict. 
And I know how much suffering that creates for me when I have deep inner conflict. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that I can only imagine what it's like for people who who whose bodies say no. Yeah. But they feel they they have to, so they go and they yeah. you know they they receive the and now there the are vaccine. you know um, mandates that if you work in this particular profession or whatever you have to do it. Mm. So this is where the 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 governmental push gets really tricky. And again, I'm pretty lucky to live in a world day to day where I'm not having to be classified in those terms or have to make those decisions. Mm. So I really feel for those human beings mm. that work in those environments where they where they have to. That's mm. that's really hardcore. So I can speak from a position of Pretty pretty good privilege here, yeah. you know. I'm an I'm a, I'm a masseuse. I'm a dancer. You know, I'm not working on the front lines of whatever, whatever, where I have to have things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's great for me. And we all have our role to play in it. My position is just as valid as someone who has to make a decision. I'm a port worker and I need this because mm-hmm. I have to continue my job. You know, we've all got a story in this current creative earthly environment really our earth is fucked yeah so the more embodied we can become the more hope we have to be mm-hmm. able to make decisions that support her wellness yeah rather than you know this continual like like you says in a conflict all the fucking time mm. yeah and i mean we're at a point now a massive shift is happening globally, I see, and so much is being revealed to us. And I do truly believe that the God we all worship uh, that needs to go is money. Mm. And the reason that we are disconnecting from our bodies and doing things and complying with things that we think we should because we're being told to is because we we worship money yeah and i think you know people who are on the front lines we're all getting put in this position now it's like do we do we trust that and have faith in ourselves that we can be in full alignment and find another way to support ourselves mm. financially mm. Uh, or do we comply and do as we're told just to keep our jobs? Yeah. That's a position that huge portions of humanity are being put totally. in right now. And and I do honestly like embodiment and, and true spirituality within the self will support people mm. in making decisions that are really aligned for them. Yeah. And I mean, for me, for instance, I've just quit my job mm. because it's not aligned with me anymore. And I do not have another income right now. <laughs> but I've just got to a point in my life where I'm like, I don't care anymore yeah. about all these things that have been put on me. So I don't care anymore <laughs> about... <laughs> I don't care anymore about doing things that are no longer aligned with who I am mm. and with what is right for me, not like to just do things because I get paid is not good enough for me anymore. Mm. And I've done enough work spiritually to know that I will find another way. 
I will find a way to support myself and my son and to live in alignment with my truth and with truth and I will find another way. And and I and and this is what happens when we empower ourselves through our own inner work and our journey when we mm. when we do that. But yeah, we mm. we live at the moment in a society where we are incredibly disconnected and disempowered and we do as we're told and that's very concerning yeah so yeah yeah so any sorts of movement practices and ways to come back even qigong things like that you know there can be so many yeah. different ways to access that inner knowledge yes the inner yeah. knowledge of self sovereignty and knowing that you're following your truth without blocking stopping interrupting or deflecting or subtly putting down anyone else's. Mm. I think that, for me, is the way forward. Men and women kind of conflict definitely comes into that. Like, I'm super interested in how men and women can communicate better. Yes. But also, just when you are aligned with oneself, you can hear your own inner messages through whatever Mm. form you choose to do that in. You can walk the world without guilt and shame and without feeling like you're having to hurt anyone else to be heard. Mm-hmm. If we can embody that kind of softness yeah. around how we communicate, it's a work in progress. If I, yeah. I get it, I don't always get it right. Hell no. Yeah, but neither. I know what I want. Yeah. I yes. know how I want to be. Yeah. And for me, I couldn't do it without embodiment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'd be in my parents' conditioning. Yeah. I'd be in my mother's just fucking get on with it. Don't worry about your period. Just come on, darling. Yeah. I had... You children, I was doing this and that, and dad just pushed on through, you know, to worship the God of money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to provide for his family, yeah. but ultimately to worship the God of money. And how are we going to change anything if we don't live it and it's mm-hmm. not easy? Mm. Oh, no. It's not easy at all But there's enough of us now To follow the river You know, even at festivals we get together To kind of find each other again You know, There's more than that, there's trainings There's just hanging out, there's living together There's all these different ways we can be together Yeah, absolutely I, I feel, you know, for anyone Listening who worships the god of money and feels like they're trapped in it because that I have been absolutely Mm -hmm. uh, I really I encourage you to get on an inner journey because there's so much power within us there is so much and anything that works you know meditation dance any movement practices uh, training there's so much you know there's so much on offer now along embodiment trainings you you could probably just google search embodiment training in, in my area and you'll find something yeah and start yeah. watching nature yeah that's huge observe nature mm. be the tree let you let yourself morph mm. into that leaf or that wave allow your uh your outer edges to bleed and blend into that mm. that's huge because when you feel her mm-hmm. when you listen and feel her you're not going to damage mm. you mm-hmm. can't because yeah. you are that exactly yeah 
Is a big there, discussion. Yeah. Is there, <laughs> is there anything you want to say before we go? I think um, it's time to wrap up There now. was one thing back towards menstrual cycles, and I remember when you had an interview with Anahita, you talked about anything you would ask her around supporting a woman mm. to be in touch with her cycle and her intuition. Mm-hmm. For me, a really big thing was writing down every single day a small diary entry mm-hmm. of where I'm at in my cycle, how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. what I'm experiencing physically, emotionally, it doesn't need to be huge, but I started to map yes. my rhythm yeah. every day. So I'm not day 13, I'll be coming into ovulation feeling like this. Or oh, I get that twinge of pain. Um, I'm a little more, I don't feel like seeing men today. It's a bit hard for me to touch men today. Mm-hmm. I really want to touch men today. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different cues. Yes. For a woman who wants embodiment, start to map your cycle. 100%. That it's, is the way it's in. The ver- <laughs> it's the most... Uh, direct route, yeah. I think, is totally. is your cycle. And I know, yeah, over the last year, it's just absolutely changed my life. Totally changes your life. And, yeah, and I, I recommend it. And, in fact, I'm going to be offering coaching on that very soon. Awesome. So that's very exciting. And in yeah. that, you know, what we're talking about, the masculine as well, our inner masculine can hold us. Yes. You know, so quite often when we get to that space of bleeding, it's just like, fuck, it's just, whoa, it's so sensitive. Yeah. But when you've cultivated a worshipping uh, reverence mm. for your masculine, he can hold you in a way that your partner might not be able to. Yeah. And you might not, you know, we don't have to expect our partners to hold us in yeah. that anymore because he's got us as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sarah. You're welcome. Yeah, it's such a cool conversation and did get into some topics I wasn't quite ready for. <laughs> Just a toe-in, darling. <laughs> I haven't I haven't brought up the, the the topic of COVID and vaccines on the podcast yet because I wanted to keep things, you know, fairly aligned with sex relationships and, mm. and, and self development. But we are living in – we are living this right it's now. It's all – We come, are living it, it right now. Yes. It comes through our relationships. It's yeah. affecting a lot of people's relationships It's right affecting now. everyone. It's fucking relevant. <laughs> it's so relevant. It's so relevant and it's affecting everyone. And, yeah, um, it's out there now, my opinion. There you go. There you go, baby. <laughs> Woohoo. It's all good. It, everything is um, welcomed. Uh, yeah. Everything yeah. is welcomed. Eh? That's the space of the feminine and everything mm-hmm. is welcomed. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, thank you for listening, everybody. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed that. I'm sure you did. Awesome. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This was Nude with Mercy J. If you'd like to support me in bringing you more delicious content, then please do click the link in my bio or go to redcircle.com slash nude slash donations. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback about this episode, then please do contact me at nudepodcastnz at gmail.com.